With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, EPL Index proudly brings to you the best prediction podcast in the world, a tad predictable, with your host, Tariwa Chanakira, and his guest. It's game week six, and you know what that means, it's time for another brand new episode of a tad predictable guys we had midweek games this week um and we've got weekend games as well and it is that time of the season where i think there's now no more no more excuses for certain teams because the transfer window at time of you guys listening to this the transfer window will probably be coming towards an end, or at least certainly it's transfer window deadline day um, when this podcast is out. It's being recorded the night before deadline day um, in the Premier League. So going into this weekend's fixtures, teams don't have the excuses of, you know, fans asking for certain players to come in or certain players to leave. There's no excuses of, you know, players' heads have been turned or certain players don't want to play because they, they're trying to fashion a move or being cautious with certain players, not wanting to start them or play them in case they get injured and, and, and you mess up a move, a potential move for a player. So all of those excuses are out the window, well, at least until the 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 winter window opens around January time. For now, it's about focusing on getting as many points on the board as you can and For this game week, guys, I'm going to be joined by a whole host of our regular guests. We're going to be going around the country, getting their predictions for... um, They've all been given two games. They've been assigned two games. One of the games being the team that they support and then, um, you know, and and that fixture they're involved in. And then another random fixture that was selected by executive producer Guy Drinkle. He's been kind enough to not give himself his favorite team um so i guess he's being quite diplomatic in that sense so let's not mess around let let let's start our journey around the country um obviously this weekend is going to kick off with the merseyside derby and the person that was drawn to give their prediction on the merseyside derby was none other than Khaled patel Khaled was on the podcast uh, 
couple of weeks ago. Um, obviously, we we still need. Khaled has proposed that me and him do some sort of Liverpool podcast to discuss what's going on at Liverpool at the moment. Um, I guess that's going to be in the works, so we'll see if that happens. But let's see what he has to say about Liverpool versus Everton and and how that game is going to go. No, that's not Paddy the Baddy or Molly Meatball. It was indeed Conor Goat. You know, I'm just joking. This is your boy Khalid giving you the lowdown on Everton versus Liverpool this weekend. Now, how do how do we break it down? Uh, Frank Lampard needs a win. Jurgen Klopp needs some more wins. Factually, it's a mid-table battle. Uh, I think Everton's fans will get behind them. Uh, Frank Lampard is desperate, desperate for that win. Uh, unfortunately for all the Toffees, I do not think it's going to come uh, at this game. Uh, Liverpool have just come off the back of smashing Bournemouth 9-0. They've got Scott Barker sacked, leaving his cardigan redundant. Uh, and Darwin Nunes returns. Uh, I think there's a small chance him and Tarkovsky get into a bit of a scuffle. Uh However, I think he'll be on the score sheet if he starts uh, and I can't see anything past an away win and a Liverpool win. Put it simply, I think they'll be too good, too strong for them. I think Everton may put up a fight. Uh, Anthony Gordon seems to be playing really well but can't see anything but uh, a win to the red team. So uh, good luck Everton fans. Hopefully you can set your stall out a bit better than Bournemouth did. Uh, because if you don't, Frank Lampard could be the next to get the axe. Thank you there from Khaled. Um, yeah, as, as he's mentioned, um, you know, that 9-0 uh, for Liverpool against Bournemouth caused the sacking. Well, I don't think that that result caused the sacking. Maybe the, the, the post-match comments from Scott Parker caused the sacking. Um, but it was an emphatic win from Liverpool whether or not you know and then, and then in the midweek they had that tough game against Newcastle ended up winning it late uh, 2-1 in the 97th minute of added time even though 5 minutes of injury time were put in place now obviously the the many people that didn't watch the game were quite furious with how long injury time went on but the rules do allow for extra time to be added during injury time and if you watched the game you will see that Newcastle players were rolling on the floor they were delaying the game for a long time not just during the 90 minutes um, but during injury time during injury time as well which is what led to additional time being added after the five minutes had been up and that's what led to Liverpool scoring the goal so live by the sword die by the sword in my opinion if you're gonna waste time like that sometimes the refs don't add it on Um, sometimes the refs just blow it uh, after the five minutes but this ref decided, no, you guys are wasting time. I'm going to add it on to the end of the game. And that's what resulted in that additional time that many people are complaining about. I thought it was justified. Did Liverpool justify a win? I don't think so. Um, I thought they struggled in that game against Newcastle. And Newcastle would have been, were unlucky to not even be 2-0 up. Um, Isaac almost scored a brace. He was, you know, it was eventually ruled out for offside, but it was a close call. So it, 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 the game could have swung either way for Newcastle. Um, so they might be a bit disappointed with that. But for Liverpool, it's a win when they didn't necessarily play well, which is 
the theme for Liverpool at the moment of not playing well, um, that 9-0 aside. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how they do in a Merseyside derby at Goodison Park. We know Goodison Park is going to be rocking for this game. They want to, even even a, I think Everton fans would be happy with the draw, but just something to frustrate Liverpool fans, something just to, to grind on them. We know the game plan from Everton in this game. It's going to be get 700 people behind the ball. It's going to be Pickford taking his sweet ass time with goal kicks. Anytime he catches the ball, he's going to fall to the ground. They're going to try and make sure the ball is not in play for a long period of time. And it's going to need a ref like Liverpool had in the Newcastle game that is going to add time for time wasting and is going to harry players if they time waste. And if Pickford doesn't get a yellow card early on for wasting time, I'm pretty sure he's going to waste at least 10 to 15 minutes of just delaying goal kicks, delaying you know, kicks after he's caught the ball and all of those type of antics. I guess that's the style for for Everton under Lampard in big games is try and frustrate the other team, try and slow the game down, try and waste as much time as we possibly can and and, and hope we can get a goal on the counter-attack. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. We saw it in, you know, in the last time Everton played Liverpool last season where it worked to a certain point and and um and then they conceded and then they didn't really have a game plan after that so we'll see if I don't think they're going to change their approach as I mentioned the game plan is is there for them to 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 execute and hope that you know the likes of Gordon on the counter attack are dangerous we know Liverpool have been susceptible to conceding a lot of goals this season that we're not really used to them conceding in in recent seasons so i give them i give Everton a puncher's chance um uh, you know, if you watch the Kamara Usman fight, I think it could be something like that. Um, if you're a UFC fan, where Liverpool will dominate the game, Everton will have chances on the counter, and they have a puncher's chance. If they if they capitalize on their chances, they could come away with points here. But I'm I'm going to agree with Khaled in terms of where this game swings. I, I think it's going to be a Liverpool win. Um, I think it's going to be similar to the Newcastle game where it is a 2-1 Liverpool win. I do see Everton scoring because, as I said, I haven't been confident with the way Liverpool have been defending this season. And they just don't seem like a team that's going to be able to keep a clean sheet against a counter-attack low-block side who've got pacey um, wingers out there. I'm I'm looking at Damari Gray as well. Could be quite useful in this game. Um, Obviously, Anthony Gordon being the key for Everton at the moment. So we'll see how that game transpires, but I've gone 2-1. Let's move on to Brentford versus Leeds, and we're going to be joined by Jake Jackman, EPL Index writer Jake Jackman, and obviously the OG of Banquet or Burnet on this podcast. He's got a prediction for Brentford versus Leeds. Let's see what Jake has to say for that one. Brentford against Leeds. Um, Both teams started well. Uh, I think... Brentford uh, will be pleased at how they they sort of managed to bounce back from losing Christian Eriksen. Um, got a couple of good wins already, and then they look to be playing some really good football. Likewise, Leeds do. They've they've really pushed on under Jesse Marsh, losing two key players, Rafinha and Calvin Phillips. Um, but they've been playing well. Um, the likes of Aronson, um, Rodrigo, and Jack Harrison will start the season well. Sinistera came came back into the team during the week and got got the goal for them. 
So yeah, they look like a really good pressing unit um, with some really exciting players and, and a lot more talent than they had last year, even though they've lost those two great players. Um, so yeah, this is going to be a fascinating game. Um, Rodrigo is probably going to miss out, which is, which is a bit of a blow. I'm not sure if Bamford will be back, but if he is, that'll be good for them. Um, whereas for Brentford, I think Tony is going to, going to be a threat for them. Um, but yeah, both teams are started the season well but I can see them being inconsistent as, as we progress through um, so yeah I think I might tip the draw for this one I think they're both two good teams though it would be a really good game for the neutral to watch um, I'd be excited to watch it if um, if I do get the chance this weekend I think it'd be a really good game both teams like to press both teams like to play aggressive football um, and yeah I can see them both pushing for the win but I think they'll ultimately cancel each other out so I'll go 1-1 in this game a 1-1 draw there from Jake Jackman for Brentford versus Leeds. Yeah, I, you know, it, it, it's unfortunate for Leeds that the, the injuries have kind of piled up this season. Obviously, we saw Bamford was out for a while. He's come back into the fold. And as soon as he comes back, Rodrigo uh, gets injured, uh, much to the chagrin of my fantasy team. And also just the enjoyment of what Leeds are producing this season so far, um, you know, spirited efforts. And it's culminated in a Rodrigo sort of re, rejuvenation. Um, he's looked really good this season. As I said, good enough for me to bring him into my fantasy team. And, you know, the, Jesse Marsh obviously mentioned, it. you know, it's a dislocated shoulder and, and you could see it, um, you know, from the moment it happened, look very painful. Um, they popped it back in and you never know what dislocated shoulders, how long the recovery process is going to be. But I think it's cautiously safe to say that he's not going to be available for this game which is a massive blow for Leeds considering the form he's had this season in my opinion um whether or not Bamford has got 90 minutes in his legs I'm not sure does he have maybe 60 give them 60 in this one but I'm 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 I think this game is going to be um sort of a good battle between two two decent sides in the Premier League in that it might be a bit end-to-end and Jake suggested that it could be a good game to watch and and he's hoping to be able to to catch it this weekend it's definitely one I'll be keeping an eye on because it looks like it could be a fun game but whether or not the teams are going to be lethal enough is going to be the key for me Ivan Tony has been I think unlucky um, in certain games hit the post just missing chances Um, so if he can get his goal scoring boots I, I think Brentford could just about edge this one um i'm i'm gonna go 2-1 i'm gonna go 2-1 to to leeds i mean to brentford sorry and and that's purely because i think um ivan tony is going to be able to find his shooting boots in this one and 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 convert some of those chances that he has had near misses and and hitting the post and all of that stuff as we've mentioned guys let's move on to riley who's got our prediction for Chelsea versus West Ham obviously Riley would have um I'm assuming been quite happy with the second half performance that was uh that was done by West Ham in that midweek game against Tottenham but let's hear what he has to say with regards to how they're going to be able to handle um hopefully in their sake for their sake handle West Ham in this game Stamford Bridge could well and truly be falling down Chelsea are coming into this game in very, very poor form, having lost to Leeds, or capitulating against Leeds, and losing Southampton despite being 1-0 up. The Southampton side and the Leeds side that have 
almost struggled this season. It's very interesting to see how poor Chelsea have been at times this season. I'm not really sure what's going on with them at the moment. But you can't really say any different from West, a West Ham perspective. Uh, they lost to Forest, uh, pretty unlucky, but they also lost to City and Brighton and they were just passengers in that game. They did get uh, back to a good start against Villa, pretty unconvincingly as well, however. Uh, and both sides have got new signings which I will expect to make headway in this game. Um, I think that both sides will have an improved performance. It's a derby, they'll be up for it. And I reckon it's going to be 1-1, 1-1 at Stamford Bridge. A 1-1 prediction for Riley there at Stamford Bridge. Um, yeah, look, interesting week for both teams. Obviously, I mentioned that West Ham Spurs 1-1 during the week. Um, Chelsea 2-1 loss to Southampton away from home. So they will be hoping to to give a response, especially as they come back to Stamford Bridge. As, as, as Riley mentions, that could potentially be falling down. Um, it's another derby. It's another derby for West Ham. So they maybe will be kind of in commas used to the intensity just having played one against Spurs. But I think going away to Stamford Bridge, a reeling Chelsea that needs to respond will make for a very interesting game. I think this could potentially be the, the game of the weekend if both sides sort of step up and, and embrace the, the, the derby nature of it. I'm sure some people are looking lower down the fixture schedule at the game that we're going to discuss last um, and saying that is probably the game of the weekend. But this could be a fun game. Um, two sides who I think have created a lot of chances but not been able to con- convert those chances. Um, Skamaka obviously went back onto the bench for West Ham. It'll be interesting to see if he stays on the bench or you know if he comes back into this game um, with the amount of chances that I thought West Ham missed in that Spurs game. For Chelsea, the, the the woes of not being able to put teams away continues. Um, obviously, you know the, the 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 result against Southampton just continues to pile onto their poor um, away record that they've had recently, and and you know which 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 includes the end of last season as well. But I think for me, um, it's at Stamford Bridge. I I think I'm going to go two two. I, I I do think it's going to be a draw, but I don't want to go with one one. I I I know both teams are struggling to score goals, but just the fact that it is a derby, I'm I'm expecting I'm expecting both teams to be able to score at least two goals. West Ham are starting to look a bit more hungry. They're starting to look a bit more physical. They're starting to create more chances. It's just they haven't been able to finish them. In, you know, in 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 their recent games, I'm talking specifically that West Ham, um, that Aston Villa game on Sunday, and then the Spurs game that they played midweek. I I thought they created more than enough chances to get at least two goals. It's just whether or not they can finish them off. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna back them to do that this weekend against the Chelsea side, who is conceding a lot of goals. Um, when we looked at this Chelsea side, obviously. Kulabali got to come back in for for this game but when we looked at that Chelsea side um the defense seemed to to have some strength in it but then Tuchel started doing some funny weird things with pitting Reese James as the right side at center back opposed to you know his natural position as 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 a right wing back and I think he's still trying to figure out what is the best way to utilize the squad um this season so 
that usually leads to conceding quite a few goals as the players aren't necessarily familiar to some of the you know the the, the different roles that Tuchel is putting them into um so yeah I think they're going to concede a couple of goals and then West Ham um they they've shown they they're susceptible to conceding goals this season I've I've not been too impressed with them defensively I've been impressed with them as I said creatively over the 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 recent games but defensively I'm still worried about them and I think that just leads to a 2-2 game which should be exciting for the neutrals but um let's head back to Newcastle with Jake Jackman um he's got our prediction for Newcastle his beloved Newcastle against Crystal Palace he obviously gave us the Brentford Leeds one but let's hear what Jake has to say about Newcastle versus Crystal Palace another game that I think is going to be quite interesting to interesting viewing for the neutrals obviously Newcastle coming into this game after that defeat to Liverpool where they would have felt unlucky um to have lost that game you know, they they probably get a draw, if not, probably should have won the game based on, you know, the, the, the dangers they were causing on the counter-attack. But certainly should they would have felt they should have gotten a point from that. And then Crystal Palace, on the other hand, who I think have been getting into a nice groove of late. Obviously, they had a Tuesday game against Brentford. It was a 1-1 draw. Zaha coming out after the game, being obviously frustrated at the fact that the team kind of started dropping deeper and deeper as the game went on, which led to that late, you know, conceding late on to that Visser goal. Um, so it will be interesting to see if they do take the lead, how how they approach um, the game, if, they, if they're able to hold on deeper into the game. But anyway, let, let's hear what uh, Jake has to say with regards to this game. Okay, so Newcastle against Palace on... Saturday. It's a quite big game for Newcastle. We've had a good start to the season. Six points from our first five matches. Um, you know, you kind of maybe have hoped for a little bit more. Uh, the performances have been good, especially against Manchester City and Liverpool. I thought we'd play well in both games and sort of lose it so late. And Liverpool was disappointing, but, um, you know, we've got to move on from that. And this is a great opportunity to, to get back to winning ways at home. Um, Palace are, are a good team they've got a lot of good talented players but they are still inconsistent and they seem to be um, a little bit worse away from home at the moment still um, I think that their best form comes at home like ours does so you'd hope that the home advantage give us um, a benefit this week we're hopefully getting to get an injury um, a player or two back from injury hopefully Bruno or, or St. Maximan can come back but if not I think we, we showed we've got, still got enough quality in the squad at Liverpool um, played well. Isaac uh, looked really, really good. So um, yeah, hopefully he starts just as well at home, and we get the win. I'm going to take Newcastle to win, and I'm going to go uh, two 0 I'll go two 0 Two 0 prediction there from Jake Jackman. Confident that Newcastle are going to keep a clean sheet against this um, Crystal Palace side. I, I, I'm going to be interested to see how this game pans out because we've got two sides that I think have been really good on the counter-attack this season, whereas I think Crystal Palace are going to allow Newcastle to have a lot of the ball this game. And if that is the case, I think Newcastle will be desperate to have Bruno Gamarash back for this game just so he can dictate tempo, dictate the pace of the game. Um, him moving to that sixth role, I think, has been quite interesting for Newcastle this season. I think it, it's, it's showed that they, they're confident that they can they can control games and and sort of impose their will in games a bit more rather than, you know, playing him as one of the, the eights 
which I guess would lead to him being more of a reactionary player than someone that can, you know, dictate how things are going to go as the six. So I think he's vital for them in this game, you know, him coming back um, and starting as that six to be able to control the pace of the game. It's interesting that um, LaSalle's uh, started in, in, in the game against Liverpool and obviously, you know, usually it's been Shaw and Botman as the pairing and, um, they switched it up against Liverpool. And I, I wonder if it was the fear of, you know, getting outpaced by, you know, the likes of Mo Salah out wide and, and Diaz and, and trying to handle that pace a bit. And, and that's more a tactical decision. If that was the case, does he stick with that centre-back pairing for this game against Crystal Palace? Because it's going to be an, a, a, a greater threat of 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 pace in my opinion with Zaha leading the line for Crystal Palace as he has done this season I do not fancy Botman or Shah having to turn around and chase Zaha on a through ball or if a ball gets played in behind them and they have to turn around and and hunt it down while Zaha is also chasing that same ball so it'll be interesting to see which centre-back pairing he goes with for this game but I can definitely see Zaha getting a goal on the counter as I said I, I think Newcastle will have majority of the ball in this one and, and Crystal Palace will be happy to to play on the counter-attack and, and try and capitalise on the, maybe the space that gets left by the likes of Trippier when they, when they start advancing forward Hmm. I'm uh, I'm gonna go with a one nil smash and grab from Crystal Palace. Sorry, Jake, um, but I I do think that that's going to be the key for Crystal Palace is keeping it um, quite disciplined defensively and then trying to exploit uh, chances for Zaha on on the break. And I think he's going to be able to get um, a goal in this game. The interesting thing for me is obviously it. it I mean, this game could have been played at St James's Park or Salas Park. Um, and, and, and I would have been very happy. Uh, these are two exciting teams this season. I hope it's an exciting game, but I feel that Crystal Palace are going to stifle Newcastle a little bit in this one. And, and Newcastle not getting to counterattack the way they, they have against the likes of Liverpool and uh, Man City, where they've looked really, really good, I think is going to be their undoing, unfortunately, in this one. But let's head back with Riley, who's going to be giving us his predictions for Nottingham Forest versus Bournemouth. Um, an interesting game for me. Uh, obviously, Bournemouth, they, they, they got rid of Scotty Twocoats, um, as he's affectionately known by Dave Hendrick, who does the two-footed podcast on the same EPL, round, uh, EPL Index channel. Um, cheap plug there. We'll, we'll get to the plugs a bit later on in the podcast. But they, they got a nil-nil draw with Wolves in their last game did Bournemouth, which uh, I think that's a good result to get um, for where they are currently as a team. And obviously with the disruption of, of a manager getting sacked quite early into the, you know, into the campaign. Um, coming up against the Nottingham Forest side that lost 6-0 to Man City. Look, Man City are going to be capable of doing that to many teams. You know, they, if Man City, you know, turn it up, they can turn it up and, and, and to, to devastating effect to many teams in the Premier League. Um, so it's it's going to happen. It's, it's one of those that Nottingham Forest need to just shake off. Um, don't dwell on something like that. It's Man City at the Etihad. Um, obviously disappointing to concede six goals, but look, it happens. 
shake it off, try and then capitalize on a game against a Bournemouth side who have looked shaky this season. And, you know, when you're trying to stay in the Premier League, when it's your first season in the Premier League, one of the goals is beat the teams that came up with you. So I think Nottingham Forest have to go with emphasis. It's a home game for them. Their fans have been fantastic this season. So I think, you know, for them, they need to get on the front foot, put pressure on Bournemouth. I'm going to go with my prediction first before we get to Riley. I'm going to go with a 2-0 Nottingham Forest win. I do think they're going to put the pressure on Bournemouth in this game. And I think it's going to be an exciting game for Nottingham Forest fans to be able to shake off that Man City result and, and get back to, to winning ways and, and try and and try and, you know, continue the sort of good start that they've had this season. I think they've they've had some positive um performances. I do think they're still giving away a lot of chances, but hey, it's the Premier League. You're going to give away chances. Just try and get the, the results on the board. And I think they need to and will get the result against Bournemouth two 0 that I've predicted. But let's hear what Riley has to say. We often hear people complain that 3pm kickoffs are not televised, but I can tell you one thing now, Forest versus Bournemouth is not a game you will be complaining about from the 3pm blackout. I don't. I think this game is going to be so lacking in quality. I mean, Bournemouth have just lost their manager in Scott Parker. I think it was more internal issues. It'd be very, very harsh if it was for results on the pitch. But, I mean, they've looked pretty poor in the games that they've played. Uh, and to bring a new manager in at this early stage of the season is going to be a really big shockwave. And Forest just haven't been the free-scoring side that we saw in the championships uh, last season. They have really struggled to score goals, and the performances they put in recently have really scared me. I mean, you never know what team you're going to get with Forest, however, with almost 18 new signings coming through the door. But I do think Forest will just about have the edge in this game, a game devout of quality, and I'm going to go 1-0 Nottingham Forest in this one. So one nil. So we we both gone with the Nottingham Forest one. He's gone with the maybe the more cautious one nil. I've gone two nil. I guess the the the, the positive thing uh, for neutral fans is that you know just before the kickoff of this game, Nottingham Forest won't be able to announce a new signing. The window will be closed, and we know they've been very very busy during this transfer window. So, do, you know, the window will be closed. As as I've mentioned at the beginning, no more distractions. Just focus on getting points on the board up until January and see where that leaves you. But guys, I'm going to leave you for a brief um, minute or so um, for an ad break. And then we'll be back with executive producer Guy Drinkle. He's going to be predicting Spurs versus Fulham after this short break. And we are back. And as as I've mentioned, I teased it before the ad break. Um, the next game is Tottenham Hotspur versus Fulham. Tottenham had that 1-1 draw against West Ham in midweek in, in a London derby. So not only do Chelsea, I mean, not only do West Ham go back to back in London derbies, but Spurs also go back to back in London derbies. But Spurs will be the home team this time around. Um, they come up against a very game Fulham. Like I, I don't think that many people would have been predicting Fulham to have the, the 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 campaign they've had so far this season. I know some Fulham fans were quite bullish and 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 were quite confident that they were going to you know surprise a lot of people this season. But in terms of 
you know neutral fans um there there were a lot of people that put them in that relegation zone and and, and were confident that they would go down so it's been good to see I, I like teams coming up and surprising us in the premier league um mitrovic obviously just continues his goal scoring form um it will be interesting to see how he does in this game against against tottenham um I think this is going to be a really fun game. This weekend's got quite a few fun games uh, to look out for, and it, you know, it's it's. I guess it's more it's more frustrating when you see some of the games that we had in the midweek, where it's like, oh, you could have scheduled this a little bit better. But anyway, um, this week, obviously, this weekend, uh, we got some fun games, but it's also another game that's at three o'clock. <laughs> There's so many games. I'm counting here: one, two, three, four, five, six games that are on at three o'clock on Saturday and there's only two games on Sunday. I don't know who did the schedule, but I'm I'm quite irritated with it. Um but going back to this game, I think Spurs this season for me, I don't think Spurs have performed well, but they've gotten points on the board. And I think it it it's it's sort of an identity that I think Conte is 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 sort of building with the Spurs team is it's not always going to be pretty but it's going to be effective um but I've been saying this entire season with regards to Spurs that I think they're conceding a lot of chances but they've just played a lot of teams that don't necessarily have recognized strikers or at least um you know players that can be a goal threat I'm looking at that game they played against Nottingham Forest they let Nottingham Forest have all of the ball the amount of touches that Nottingham Forest had inside of Spurs' box was just incredible but Nottingham Forest didn't have anyone that could put the ball in the back of the net and it, it's all fine fine and well doing that against a Nottingham Forest who maybe you're confident is gonna, isn't going to you know put away those chances they did it against Wolves as well the previous weekend um, and it was a game where obviously Jimenez was only on the bench he didn't get to come on uh, you know um, I mean he didn't yeah he didn't get to come on until later on in the game um, and, and again, Wolves dominated the midfield. They were creating chances, just didn't have that cutting edge up front. Spurs get that 1-0 win there. And then in the Chelsea game, Chelsea just couldn't put them away. I remember the goals came from defenders. And again, Spurs get a draw in that one. Um, and then, you know, they had that 4-1 win against um, Southampton to open the season. And, we you know, many people have come onto this podcast this season and mentioned that Southampton need to find a goal scorer but I guess you know they got 2-1 against Chelsea so they won't be complaining about scoring goals this season but I'm interested to see how Spurs do and whether they still concede as many chances as they have been conceding when they play a team that's got a striker that's on form that's firing I think Mitrovic is going to fancy his chances in this game, considering the amount of chances that Spurs have been allowing to teams. And I'm going to go with an upset here. I think Fulham are there to upset teams this season. I'm going to go with a 2-1 Fulham win. Um, It's going to be interesting to see if if Spurs do allow Fulham to have the ball. Um, We know Conte, you know, he doesn't mind the other team having the ball. We're just going to counter with Son being the highest, you know, sort of leading the line to stretch the, the other team. Um, get the ball to Kane. Let Kane get his head up and play the ball to to Son. I think it's going to be crucial for Fulham to suffocate that chance from, you know, from, well, from Kane getting an opportunity to to play too many long balls to Son. Um, anytime Kane gets the ball, they need to smother him. 
even if it, if they need to do prof- those professional files just to stop him being able to get that, you'd get his head up to see where Son is making his runs. And in doing that, I then think it's going to be a crucial game for Kulisewski because if, if Fulham smother Kane, like a few teams have done this season, it needs someone else to then be the outlet. And there there have been games where Kulisewski kind of shies away from taking that responsibility. I mean, still a young player, but I think if they can emphasize that when Kane gets smothered, let's use Kulisewski as the outball and let him drive at defenders and, and try and cause havoc from that angle and then you know maybe the other team loosened the grip that they have on Kane and it allows Kane then to you know then get the ball again and and try and mix it up a little bit there but uh, yeah I think Fulham are going to come into this one with the game plan I think they're going to cause an upset as I've said I've said 2-1 to Fulham in this one I just think the chances that Spurs are conceding and not being punished for it is going to be their downfall in this game because they've not learned they've not touched the hot stove yet they've not really been punished for the chances that they've been conceding. And hopefully then it becomes a wake-up call for, for Spurs heading into the rest of the season. And if it is, it, it will bode them well for the rest of the season. But let's hear what executive producer Guy Drinkle has to say about Spurs um, versus Fulham. Spurs v Fulham, that should be, should be quite an interesting one. I think if you, if you just look at it quite bluntly, you'll probably think um, Spurs should really beat Fulham quite comfortably really but Fulham have really shown probably what the opposite of what people expected this season because I think when they came up maybe a lot of people hadn't seen the, the championship and had no idea how they played me, myself included I, I thought they'd be quite weak and almost similar at the time they were up last time um, but I think they've shown even in a handful of games that have only happened in the season so far. They're tough to be quite efficient going forward. Horrible to play against, to be fair. I think it just really shows that Marco Silva is a good manager and he shouldn't really be uh, tainted by his time at Everton. Maybe the way it ended at Watford, which is probably more Everton's fault, to be fair. Um so yeah, I think he's just done a really good job, and that was my chair banging because I just hit my elbow. Um, yeah, it's. I think it'll be a tough one for for us for Spurs, I should say, because Spurs, Spurs have almost been boringly efficient. I, I haven't watched um, the West Ham game. I've not even watched match of the day yet because I am recording this quite late on after doing uh, all the Port Liverpool stuff. Um, but I will check that out afterwards. But Spurs. Three wins, two draws. Two draws against two decent teams. To be fair, no West Ham haven't had the best start to the season, but they're still a good team, let's be fair. And, and Chelsea, and especially Stamford Bridge, it's just not, it's just not their place, and the draw was a good result, especially the performance on the day. Um, I think I still got a favour Spurs in this, because Harry Kane looks quite good, or certainly quite efficient. Son's probably the concern, because Kulisevsky's played really well. Um, I'm not saying drops on by... By any means, but maybe you got to give Richarlison a few more mins, who I don't really like, but I don't think anyone likes him outside of Everton fans are probably Spurs, probably Spurs fans now. Um, but yeah, in terms of the game itself, I think it'll be, I think it'll just be quite tough for Mitrovic to score against the free centre backs. That's probably my only co- only concern in that regard. I think I've only really seen that. No, I watched the Arsenal game and he caused them quite a 
quite a couple of issues. But in the Liverpool game, there was, there was people to isolate and stuff like that. And just the way Spurs play, I think they're a lot more con- condensed, probably the word I'd go for, than, than say a team like Liverpool, especially the way we're playing at the minute, but less of that. Um, but yeah, uh, score. Hmm. I'm going to go 3 1 Spurs, but I think it might be one of them ones where it's 2 1 Spurs and then maybe Fulham overextend a wee bit and get a and then Spurs get another late goal, goal. But I think it'll be quite tough. Been really impressed with Fulham. Um, my Marco Silva bet with, with yourself today were. It's looking smashing at the minute. Um, <laughs> just need Frank to continue. Hopefully Liverpool don't let me down. Whoever's doing their preview, uh, be kind. We were bad against Newcastle, but it was funny. Um, yeah, it should be good. It should be good. But the, I think the bet's favour in mind because Fulham at seventh, um, Tottenham at third. But I'll go three-one Tottenham. But I think it'll be a tough game. I think it'll be quite fun to watch as well because it'll be interesting to see how. Um, how Fulham take on the challenge of a three at the back, maybe more counter-attacking start. I think I saw Heiberg go off injured in the, in like the few men's I watched between the Liverpool game at half-time. Um, so that might tinker with it, but I think Basuma and is Benton called fit, I'm not sure. But I think that's probably what I'd say is their strongest midfield. Um, so that'll be interesting to see. But yeah, 3-1 Tottenham, as I say. But I think it'll be good, and I think Fulham will, will show themselves quite well, because I've already... It's not just a home thing with them, as you could say in the Liverpool game, but they challenged Arsenal at the Emirates really well as well, to be fair to them. So, yeah, yeah, that's my score. It should be a good game. Interesting. Interesting that guy and I have gone on the opposite ends there. Um, I'm, I'm obviously leaning towards the Mitrovic issue, uh, you know, issuing, giving issues to Spurs' defence. Guys saying they should be a lot more condensed and able to to handle him, whereas other teams have been sort of allowing him to isolate players and and bully certain players in in certain situations. So we'll see how that game goes. Let's move on to Wolves versus Southampton. Um, An interesting game. Obviously, Southampton will be bouncing into this one after that 2-1 win against Chelsea. But let's hear what Alex Letizia has to say. Hi, guys. It's Alex Letizia. Here are my predictions for Wolves v Saints. Wolves are playing well, but just like last season, they're struggling to score goals. They've signed a striker, but I don't think he's going to play this weekend. Um, And they've also sold their captain, so I feel like they have major lack of leadership at the moment. Saints, I've been waiting for this moment. Southampton FC are playing amazingly well at the moment. Let's hope it keeps going. Uh, Shay Adams is playing brilliantly and we really do have a bunch of new star players I feel like Saints have definitely got this and it's going to be a 2-1 to the Saints up the Saints so a 2-1 win for Southampton at this one Um, obviously an away game going two Wolves and getting a 2-1 from Alex there look yeah I, I think Southampton are playing well at the moment um they've shown character in in being able to come back from um games where they they they're losing um this the the Chelsea game I didn't get to watch too much of it 
but obviously i mean the the result alone is great for southampton um got some really good technical players in midfield as well which is i think has helped them out um sort of wrestle back control when they need to in certain games um so it'll be interesting to see but i've i've gone for a 1-1 draw um i don't know if i don't know if um if if either team has enough to to score two goals in this one i do think Wolves' midfield will be able to cause Southampton's midfield maybe a bit more um, issues, uh, and and it should be a fascinating battle in midfield. I, I'm 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 not being shy or coy with you know my admiration of that Wolves midfield. I, I think that they're going to be fun to watch as a midfield trio this season. But let's stick with Alex because um, she's going to give us predictions for Aston Villa versus Man City. It's me, Alex Letitia. I am back to talk to you about Man City v Aston Villa. Haaland is just insane this season. He has already scored nine goals, including two hat-tricks. If you can win the league in August, they already would have. Aston Villa, Steven Gerrard is under a lot of pressure and right now... Man City is not the team that I'm sure he really does not want to play right now. I'm really sorry, Aston Villa fans, but I feel that this is going to be very painful for you. It's going to be a 3-0 game to Man City. I'm so sorry, Aston Villa fans. Look, uh, Alex, I don't think you need to apologize because as, as I mentioned with City and Nottingham Forest, teams, you know you're going to be in for a game when when you're playing against Man City and especially with the way uh, Haaland is playing at the moment. They didn't even start De Bruyne in this game. I mean, it's it's just insane. It's just insane what this Man City team could potentially do this season. Um, yeah, I don't think the goal stops, stop for Haaland unless he gets injured. Um, and I think City, with the squad they have, will be able to manage his his minutes um, and and try and wrap him in cotton wool when they need to uh, to be able to enjoy him for the entire season. We saw it in that Nottingham Forest game. The moment he got his hat trick, um, get him off the pitch, get you know get him in a cryogenic chamber or something, and and just make sure he's ready to fire again for the next game. Um, yeah, Villa haven't looked great this season, as Alex has said. Gerard is under a lot of pressure. Um, I don't think, he, although I don't think he's one of the good managers, as I've mentioned um, at times, that for me, he's in the relegation zone of my manager's ranking, power rankings in the Premier League, him along with um, Frank Lampard are down there. But I don't think it's fair to judge him on the Man City game just because of the, the form Man City are coming into this game with. Um but yeah, he is under a lot of pressure. In the games he has been expected to win or get results from, he hasn't done it. Um, that is Steven Gerrard. So yeah, 3-0 uh, from Alex there. I'm, I'm going to go 4-0. Um, I'm, I'm not confident at all that Villa are going to be able to stop um, Manchester City in this game. And as we've mentioned, Man City are in tremendous form heading into this one. And it's going to be a tough afternoon for... Aston Villa but let's see if it's going to be a tough afternoon for either Brighton or Leicester let's go back to executive producer Guy Drinkle he's got our prediction for this one 
Right. Uh, firstly, I remembered to put on my microphone for this one, so I'll probably <laughs> sound different from my other pre- preview. <laughs> it is one o'clock. Leave me alone today, and leave me alone, listeners. Um, I forgot what game I'm doing now. This has gone, this has gone well. <laughs> Brighton v Leicester. Good Lord. Um, yeah, this is a weird one, because I've seen the... I think I remember the goals from the Brighton game last night. Um, on Tuesday night, I should say now. Um, the own goal looked fluky, and even Mitrovic has looked a bit fluky, um, even though I just picked up Fulham in my other preview, but win is a win. Um, so I think it's showing how difficult it is to score against Brighton at the minute. Um, a bit of a fluky cross, which falls perfectly to Mitrovic, and he does really well, to be fair. If it is a meant pass, fair enough. I think it was Cabano. It might have been someone else. Uh, it might have been... Dickert over Reed, or you pronounce the name, whichever one it was. Um, whatever, don't care. Um, but Brighton really showing how hard it is to score against them. Um, but in that game, again, I am watching Matt of the Day and I've not seen extended highlights or anything on this one. Um, not playing, God, it's 2022 and I'm saying this, not playing Danny Welbeck. Um, is an odd one. Um, I'm guessing he was injured or needed a rest in midweek. But having looked on in um, Premier injuries, doesn't say he's injured or anything anymore. So I'm guessing he will go straight back into the team as a focal point or or whatever. Um, but I think they'll certainly miss him. Missed him in that regard because you do. Regardless, you can't. There's false nine and then there's playing Trossard and. Um, I think McAllister's the six now, isn't he? So he probably wasn't there, but whoever else was um, up front with him, or kind of up front with him, um, yeah. It's just I think you need at least that that somewhat focal point, and I wouldn't rely on any any of them um, that started against Fulham to do that job quite successfully. So I think if Welbeck's back, um, is stupid and. Seems to have settled in at left wing back, so maybe they're playing with a bit more normal structure now. And and, and Solly Mo- what was I going to say there? <laughs> Solly March, not Solly Moach. Um And Solly March on the on the right, by the looks of it, it seems to have maybe somewhat freed up people like Trossard and and um, Pascal Gross, who've kind of been rotating in them areas um, somewhat. So maybe maybe Lamptey ever becomes the player that we all kind of fell in love with that that first season before all his injuries maybe they have a stupid and and, and him at some point to have real excitement on, on the uh, wing back positions but that that could be fun um but yeah i think the main story here is leicester we know what brighton are they're not going to score loads of goals but they'll be really well coached um some really good players that I've named there. The centre, I, I, I like all the centre backs. To be fair, um, Adam Webster I think is excellent. Lewis Dunk's just, just there. He's just consistently Lewis Dunk, and he's pretty damn good. Um, Pascal Gross is kind of rescuing my draft for FPL as well. But that, I think the story here is Leicester. Now they no, they play tonight or Thursday night for the sake of this recording. Um, they could beat Man United. I don't think anyone would be shocked um, at that. Because, well, Man United... Embarrassing in the first two games. 
played better against Liverpool, but I'd probably say that loss, that performance or result was more on Liverpool's side than Man United's side. And that's just not me being better, but if Liverpool played even a few percent better, I think Liverpool steal a point or even win that game. And in the Southampton game, they kind of got away with one, I think. Mick Tomine should have given away a penalty. There's maybe two penalties in the same incident. Um, and some... I can't really... Call, I can't really... Uh, I've gone off on a tangent, but yeah, allow me. But a bit of last-ditch defending from Man United, which is a fine thing, but kind of rescued them there. Um, it's an odd one. Uh, but yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if Leicester beat, beat Man United. But Leicester... Three losses and a draw, and the draw they were two 0 up in, and bottled that um, against Brentford on the first day. Yeah, man. Um, I think one of us should have said Brendan would have been the first to go, second to go. Now Parker's gone. We would have uh, easy money, as Tyson Fury says in in the memes. Um, it's just not. It's just not a. Mm. It's just not a happy situation there at the minute, is it? I, he seems to have fallen out of the board, um, or something. Something seems to have splintered there. Um, underperformed massively last season. Kind of bottled uh, the Conference League. I can't remember if they got to the semi-final or not, but they bottled when they should have got to the final at least. They were probably the best team on paper in there. I think they lost to Roma, who won it eventually, but. Ah, come on. Uh, it's just... I think it's time for a refresh at that club. But in terms of this game, um, it'll be interesting to see what happens tomorrow night and see if that changes my opinion. But with Fafana gone, Amati and Evans as your centre-back partnership in 2022? Nah, man. Nah, I'm, I'm going to go Brighton. I think... I think it'll be two. I'll go two nil, but it won't surprise me if Leicester get a goal because they've still got the dangerous players. But that they are missing Madison as well. Or it says fifty percent on um, on Premier injury, but that might be more for the Man United game than than the weekend game. Um, but no, I'm gonna go. I'm back. I'm back in the well coached. More um, what's the word? Just coherent, happy content place at the minute in Brighton. Not sure if they're going to do any business on, on, on deadline day, but Leicester, I think it's going to be all panic stations. I think they're linked with um, centre-backs from France. I think they're linked with a winger from Atalanta as well. Um, will Tielemans move? There's so many questions. Um, yeah, and I'm just gonna go for the more set settles probably the right word in Brighton. Um I'll go to I'll go two nil Brighton. Um but maybe the Man United game will will change people's um thoughts on the preview of this game. But yeah, I think Brighton Brighton should see this as an opportunity to uh to uh turn back the favour after the Fulham disappointment, I suppose. But yeah. Uh I think that'll be kind of a bit of a messy game. Um, but yeah, we'll go with that result. Late night musings from Mr. Guy Drinkle, the hardest worker at EPL Index and Anfield Index. He was editing podcasts late into the night and 
Um, huge thank you to him for sending through the voice notes. Yeah, I, I agree with everything he said. Um, I'm going to back the settled side. I had 2-0 Rotterdam as well. So I guess we'll both go 2-0 for that one. Let's go to the penultimate game of, uh, or the, you know, the, 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 the weekend. Well, or the last game of the weekend. And, um, before we do that though, guys, do go and check out our presenting sponsors, EPL Index. Uh, com. They're in association with uh, Liberty Shield. Liberty Shield is a VPN provider. You can check out their services at libertyshield.com. You guys can save with the coupon code EPL25 for 25% off of your router or software VPN. The software VPN downloads straight to your devices. Uh, the, the the routers will, um, if you go to the router option, it gets shipped to you worldwide. Um, it's a virtual private network. It's a technology that encrypts your internet traffic to protect your online identity, hide your IP address, and shield your online data from third parties. You can change your location. You can avoid geo blocks and government imposed restrictions to access any website. And then also, guys, go check out the EPL index shop uh, you can find it on Etsy and if you use the EP the, the code EPL10 you guys can get 10% off at checkout now the, the game that probably is the game of the weekend for many people Man United versus Arsenal should I say undefeated Arsenal so far this season so they're going to be bouncing into this game against the Man United side as Guy mentioned They've gotten results on the board of late. Um, we'll see how they fare against Leicester. So that might change people's opinions um, heading into this one. But uh, I think they're still ironing out the Kings. And um, I'm going to go with similar to what Guy said in terms of the settled side. I'm going to go with the settled side in Arsenal for this game. I think Arsenal make it six out of six and continue their undefeated streak. Um, for Man United, at least the transfer window will be over. They've done some some heavy business um, towards the back end of the transfer window, um, sprinkled some some business throughout the window. But at the back end of the window, I think the pressure from the fans, it, it got them to, to get things over the line, uh, in my opinion. And it will then, you know, allow the Ronaldo situation to be resolved. I'm, I'm, I'm you know, recording this before deadline day, but I've, I've mentioned throughout this, the, the post, the preseason that I don't think he's going anywhere else because I just don't see who's going to take him um, and be able to to you know to integrate him into their squad you know whether it's for one season or, or multiple seasons I think the smart thing again is to not start Ronaldo um, Guy mentioned you know the the bold predictions that me and him have made uh, this season we, we did a podcast uh, earlier this season where we gave bold predictions one of my bold predictions involved Ronaldo I mentioned he was going to stay at Man United and he was only going to start eight of the 16 games of, of the first 16 games of the season and he's been benched a couple of times so it, it's looking to be trending in my favor with regards to that bold prediction but Let's head back to Solicitor Khaled Patel to hear what he has to say with regards to Man United versus his beloved Arsenal. Manchester United versus Arsenal. Uh, 4.30, Sunday game. Stage is set. It's going to be a cracker. Uh, it's a daunting prospect for most away teams to go to Old Trafford, unless, of course, you're Brighton and Hove Albion. Uh, all jokes aside, Arsenal... Uh, as it currently stands at the time of recording are four of four, top of the table. Yep, that is correct. Top of the table. Uh, and Manchester United have just won their last two fixtures pending the Leicester result. Their tail seem to be up. 
Uh, it has all the makings of a cracker. I would have to say, despite being quite positive about Arsenal this season, going to Old Trafford genuinely is a daunting task. It always seems that we seem to slip up there. Uh, on top of that, we have injuries to Thomas Partey, Sinchenko is a question mark, and Mohamed Elneny is out, meaning we'll have to wait and see how Lukonga does against Aston Villa. Uh, but that, alongside United's recent form, Bruno Fernandes is flirting with his previous form. They have Lissandro Martinez at the back, who seems to win every single aerial duel for some reason. Don't know how that has happened, but it's happening, apparently. Uh, and, yeah, they're going to have their tails up. They'll be able to whip out their new signing, Anthony, as they have done with Casemiro and Varane, put them in a suit, start clapping. The Manchester United fans will temporarily stop singing Glazers out and forget all their troubles, do a nice promo video, and then hopefully that will buoy them to a result against us. Uh, again, positive about Arsenal, but not too optimistic about this game. Uh, I'll have to go 2-1 United, uh, but hopefully I'm wrong. Khaled, what are you doing, mate? What are you doing? You've gone against your beloved Arsenal. I, I'm very surprised by that. Um, you know what? If you're not going to back Arsenal, I'll back Arsenal. Um, this Man United side, as I said, is growing. Um, you know, it's it's growing pains for them with regards to trying to get Eric Ten Hag to stamp his authority on the squad. I do think the smart thing, as I mentioned, bench Ronaldo, um, start the more um physical aggressive players that will be willing to press arsenal they're going to need to press arsenal really well the issue for me is i don't think man united have quite figured out their pressing um and it it takes a while um any team that's trying to figure out pressing it takes a while and i think they're going to be undone by their pressing chains i think they it's going to be broken by Arsenal a couple of times um, and that's going to lead to some big chances for Arsenal. I'm going to reverse colored score. I'm going to go 2-1 to Arsenal. I think they keep their undefeated streak, as I mentioned, six out of six. Going into, you know, game seven is is, is a fantastic thing for, for Arsenal. But guys, that is going to do it for another episode of A Tad Predictable. Um, from my end, guys, go and check out all of the content on EPL Index website. We have match previews, post-match reviews, player performance also if you want you know sort of a roundup of what's happened on transfer deadline day and 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 sort of what's happened with all of the transfers throughout the window definitely go to eplindex.com just to get nice summaries of what's what's gone on and and get ready for this period of the season where there are no no more distractions no excuses just try and get points on the board um also guys go check out the two footer podcast with dave hendrick and also go check out the flagship show uh, uh, it runs weekly. It's called the EPL Roundtable, where Kev DeVries sits down with panelists from respective EPL teams. They do reviewings and previewings of the happenings around the EPL. Follow the show on the Twitter page at a tad predictable. Um, go follow at EPL Index on Twitter. Subscribe to EPL Index on your podcast channel providers. Give us five stars. Write positive comments. That stuff goes a long way for us. Um, I've been Tadio Chinakira. You can find me on Twitter at Tad Predicts. Huge thank you to Obi Semenya for our guest intros. He's at John Empire SA. Also Spursy141 for the voiceover for for the guest intros. Go check her out. She's got her um, 
ratings podcast uh, on Paxton Road TV. It's a YouTube show. Um, so yeah, definitely go and support her. She's our inaugural Bank It or Burn It champion uh, for A Tad Predictable. Uh, guys, our producer behind the glass, Mr. Guy Drinkle, he also featured giving us predictions um, on this podcast for Spurs versus Fulham and Brighton versus Leicester. He's at Guy Drinker on Twitter. Huge thank you to all the guests that joined us today. Um, Kala Patel, we had Jake Jackman. He's at Jake Jackman with two N's on Twitter. Um, Alex Leticia is at Alex Leticia on Twitter. Riley Finch, he's at Finchy Riley on Twitter. Um, and remember, Jacinda Perry, Chinoshura. Podcast Network.